This episode is brought to you in part by Richmond Graduate University. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly. Richmond Graduate University can equip you to become a licensed professional counselor, integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. From Christianity Today, this is Viral Jesus, a show about communication and the power of social connections, where we talk to some of the most influential Christian content creators to find out how they've made their faith go viral. Everyone I talk to on this show is someone I follow or was told to follow online. Most of the conversations you'll hear are with people I have never met in person, yet they've impacted how I think. What does it look like for Christians to enter the chat thoughtfully? Let's grow together on Viral Jesus. I'm your host, Heather Thompson Day. So we have come to the end of our pod class series of lessons from my mentor. We've come to the end of the road. This is part four. Today is part four of our four-part series, Lessons from My Mentor. We Don't worry, we're going to start a new series in about two weeks. But man, I just adored this series so much. I am so grateful that we got to highlight women <laughs> and women's leadership. I hope you noticed that, that three out of our four mentor episodes are from women. And that was intentional on my part. Hey, it's March, Women's History Month, and there's just so much value to female leadership. And so I'm just honored and grateful that we got to do this series together. And today, friend, we get to sit down with a person who has meant so much to me, just personally and inspirationally and professionally, Beth Moore. You know, in communication research, what we are doing in this pod class is called building social capital. That's what you're doing right now. Mentorship is social capital. Social capital is the idea that there is value to be gained through our shared networks and experiences that can bring real benefits to our lives and hopefully then allows us to bring more value to our own networks, communities, churches, and of course the world. So for example, last week when you are listening to Joe Saxton tell you that you need a place to gain experience in your gifting, find a small place and use your gift, what you're doing is you're gaining social capital. Joe's experience is helping you better navigate your own experience. And when you share that episode with a friend, you are helping them gain in social capital. That's the goal, right? One person enhancing the experience of another person. So I do truly hope that every episode we produce on Viral Jesus is enhancing your week, but also giving you even just, man, that one tip or that one sentence that you're going to repeat to yourself throughout the week that then you can apply to your real life and it strengthens your hands for the journey. Okay, before we learn from Beth, 
let's dive in to a new segment called Social Toolkit. This is where we will discuss practical tips and best practices for entering the chat. Who better to help us navigate our social toolkit than Brady Shearer? Brady is the director of Pro Church Tools and church software program Nucleus. His work focuses on helping churches navigate the biggest communication shift in 500 years. Brady, I saw you create a video where you said to focus on inspiration over information when creating online content. As a communication professor, I absolutely loved that. You said that. Okay, what do you mean? Focus on inspiration over information. So I always get back to what are we trying to accomplish with this social media post, with this piece of content that we're creating? And in my experience, you focus on inspiration. It is uh, going to drive dramatically more action Uh, more response than if you focus purely on information. Now, information is often uh, kind of necessary evil. Like we need to share logistical details. Uh, That needs to be communicated. Um, So what we recommend for something like that is always one story plus one next step. And so Mm. you share the story, you drive that inspiration, you get people uh, hooked into your message, and then you provide them the opportunity to take a next step. And once they take that next step, maybe they head to your website and that's where they can find all the logistical information. And the analogy that I like to use for this most commonly is if you go to uh, the movies and before the feature presentation, they're showing the trailers. What you'll see in those movie trailers, these teasers of one to two minutes in length, is they're going to try to inspire you with what's going to be in this movie. Yeah. There's going to be these action scenes. There's going to be these actors that maybe you really like all this fame. Oh, I love, I love when she's in movies. They're going to show you maybe some cliffhangers, like a couple moments. I wonder what that's about. The big marquee moments of the film. What they're not going to do is spend one to two minutes being like, at this time in this theater, we're going to be showing this film. (laughs) Right. And at this time in this theater, we're going to be showing this film. No, no. At the end of the inspirational couple of minutes, they'll say, find the showtimes at this movie theater's website. And because they know, hey, look, you're you're a grown person. You're an adult. If you are inspired to take Mm. action you can track down the information that you need so long as we make it accessible for you. And so a lot of times we want to spoon feed people information. Okay, I'm having this event. It's happening at this time. We're doing this thing. It's happening at this time. If I can just, if I just shared enough information Clear in enough. the right ways, yeah, yeah, yeah. they would get it. You know, in the church world, this always happens. People go like, well, I didn't know this was happening. You never announced it. <laughs> I'm like, we, we announced it for five straight weeks. How did you miss right. it? Well, you weren't getting people's attention. Because you were probably just trying to spoon feed them information. Okay, if, I, if I just give them this information, they'll know. And then they still missed it. It's because we need to have this paradigm shift where we give people the resources to find the information on their own. But just like a movie theater is not spoon feeding me the times and dates of the showtime for this upcoming film because they know how could I remember that information if I'm not going to remember it. What they want me to remember is, man, that was really, oh, that trailer was awesome. I'm inspired to see that. I am now, as a grown person, going to track down wow. the because I am capable of doing that. And same thing goes for for social. Brady, thank you so much for giving us another tool for our social toolkit, inspiration over information. Remember that friend, next time you enter the chat. 
So I am halfway through Beth's latest book. It's a memoir, All My Knotted Up Life. And I am loving it. I, I'm not kidding. I've just sat down. I couldn't put it down. My husband was calling me a bookworm because I could not stop reading it. I was reading it like all in, in one sitting. Honestly, can't recommend it enough. I want to also tell you that I'm going to be partnering with Beth in ministry at her Living Proof live event. If you've never gone to one of her live events, man, will you come with me? I would love that. If you want to meet me in person or if you really just want to meet Beth and you want me there for social or moral support, you can come join us live on June 9. So this summer, June 9 at 7 p.m. in Fort Washington, Maryland. We will be at the National Church of God, and you can get tickets by going to lproof.org slash events, lproof.org slash events. I'll also put it in the show notes for you. But Beth Moore literally needs no introduction. I can't wait for you guys to hear this conversation. She is an author and a dynamic Bible teacher whose conferences take her across the globe. She has written numerous best-selling books and Bible studies. She is also the founder and visionary of Living Proof Ministries based in Houston, Texas. Her latest best-selling book is a memoir called All My Knotted Up Life. She actually wrote the foreword for my book, I'll See You Tomorrow. And so many people told me, Heather, I couldn't get past Beth's foreword without sobbing. And oh my goodness, her memoir is, I mean, you're gonna cry. It's also hysterical. I could not stop laughing. You are absolutely going to love this book. Here is my final conversation on our series, Lessons from my mentor and what better way to end this series than with the one and only Beth Moore. So I like to open up these shows by always doing a little bit of stalking or digging or research. I think that sounds a little bit better. So for you, Beth, I've done some digging through your Instagram. I'm going to read to you a post that you did that I really connected to. And we're in a pod class right now, by the way, called Lessons from My Mentor. I, I kind of quite literally orchestrated it around you. So I'm so glad oh. that you were on oh to be here. Oh my goodness, Because I'm so, I'm so excited to hear from you. Oh, I could not be more pleased. I am thrilled to be on here with you. And I get to look at your beautiful face, but I'm assuming they are not getting to see you. Well, they'll see clips. They'll see good, clips. They'll good, be so good. Too. I'll be so glad for them too. I'm going to read you this quote. Are you ready? I'm ready. I All think. right. It says, Christian ministry person, thank God. Thank your very good God in the heavens who loves you and is looking out for you and is on to you. Every single time he pops the balloon of your inflated ego yes. to yes. keep you from destroying yourself by being full of yourself. Yes. Here's the line. Okay. You say this. Okay. Pride murders ministry. Yes. Yes. Please tell us about that. How did you come to learn that? And why do you hope that we keep learning that pride murders ministry? Okay. So there are of course, the generalities of how you learn that over and over again. You just don't take part in ministry for 40 years with a very good and faithful God who is intent on your character and your integrity and proving you genuine without mm. him humbling you 
over and over and over and over again. But then there are the big ones that you remember forever. And I can remember early in my ministry, believe it or not, I can draw back to a particular moment after which it felt like the bottom dropped out of my life and that I thought I would absolutely lose Mm -hmm. my sanity. And I want to clarify that this didn't have to have anything to do with God's discipline. Mm -hmm. I was heading for brokenness anyway. I was coming to a place where I was go- I was in my early 30s. I was going to have to deal with my stuff. So it was inevitable. And my God was very, very good to me. But I do remember that I said something. I had tried and tried to help someone in my Sunday school class with a really rough situation. She'd really gotten herself into a mess. And I had tried really hard to help her and tried to handle it in a, in a godly and sensitive and compassionate Mm -hmm. way. And it got so frustrating after a while. I won't get into the details because I want so much to uh, just keep it where anybody could relate. But in a Sunday school lesson, that I was teaching and she was there, I made a remark during my lesson and I could almost promise you that I glanced at her when I said it and I just lost my Mm. mind for a minute and no one else would have known, but Mm. I knew, I'm sure she knew and the Lord certainly knew and it was prideful and arrogant and hurtful. And I am going to tell you, it was no time at all until the Lord just let calamity come to me. And again, Heather, it was coming anyway, but I I will never forget it. And I'll tell you, I, I have felt like many, many times in the course of my ministry that the Holy Spirit, I'm going to put words, I'm going to put language to something that is just a sense. So there's no words with it. I'm just about conviction of the Holy Spirit. I have felt a number of times when I've been frustrated with someone and thought something self-righteous. And that to me, that the remark was self-righteous. Yeah. It wouldn't have been, if you saw the quote in words, you might not even notice it, but I knew in my own heart it was self-righteous. And I I think that if there is any sin that is grinds on him. That's it, Mm. this false piety. And I am telling you that I have felt like the Holy Spirit has whispered into my heart for the next 40 years off and on when it was needed. Do you really want to go there again? It's like, no, sir. (laughs) No, sir. I don't want to. I don't want to. So yes, I learned that by experience. I learned that Mm. through scripture and what the picture that it gives me, if this helps anybody else, where I got the, that popping that balloon, um, second Corinthians chapter 12, where it talks about a thorn in the flesh. Mm. And I've thought before it's to keep us humble. Yeah, I think that he'll take that thorn sometimes because we'll start thinking too highly of ourselves and whatever revelation we think we've received, Jesus help us. And yeah, I think he'll take that that very thorn, that kind of thorn, and just pop that balloon of an ego. And uh, if he doesn't, we just destroy ourselves. Yeah. And uh, 
I don't want to turn into a the exact kind of person I can barely stand. And I'm at risk of that continually. Mm. I have to ask you this, actually, because I think this is something that's very unique to you, at least that I've seen, is that you have somehow, and I'm actually going to ask you to try to articulate how you've done it, if you even know. How is it that you have been able to tune your ear so closely to the spirit that you even recognize those moments, right? Why is it that you are able to go through a moment of humility and say from that experience, "Mm, this is for my good. I'm able to make something better because of this difficulty. Whereas other people might go through a similar breaking down, right? Or a shaking or whatever and say, God, you failed me. How do we help people Mm. listening right now say, I'm going to tune my ear that I can always stay on course with the spirit in the places that he's leading me, even when it feels like I'm losing something in the process. That's so good. Heather, you asked the best questions and I, I will try to articulate it on the way over here in the car because I'm, I'm in my office on the third floor and I ask the Lord the same thing every single time I do an interview. Help me to be true. Okay. Nothing false, nothing fake, nothing bigger than it really is. And I don't have to make myself smaller. Just help me be true. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try to be as true as I know how to be. What I have had throughout my life that has kept me on course in any way. I've told the Lord this so many times and I I don't like to choke up in a public interview. I don't like it, but I don't know if I can say this without choking up a little bit. I've said to him over and over again, any dignity that I have, (laughs) anything righteous in me, anything that has not been destroyed, Lord, any good is you. Hmm. I come from a very very bad background. Mm. And I had a sense fairly early that I had the full capacity to destroy myself. Mm. And I don't know. What do you mean when you say that? What do you mean when you say that? I just knew, I knew whether it was going to be ambition for what I thought I wanted Mm. to do when I was in my early twenties. I remember thinking to myself, even when I wanted so much to be a lawyer, this is in retrospect, I couldn't have thought it at the time, but how many times was I going to try to prosecute my father Mm. by by becoming a prosecutor of goodness. You know, how many times that whole thing of that, that we're all just with our raw emotions, vengeful and resentful Mm. and bitter and ambitious. And, you know, I just even, I, I was going through my memory work this morning out of Galatians, just even using our freedom in the spirit for an opportunity for the flesh instead of through love serving one another. Mm. The way I'm going to answer that is one of the things that the Lord taught me to do throughout throughout all of this time. I started it in, in college. And so you have to understand how many seasons of deep sin that means I have been in in the course of my life. I'm in my mid-60s. You can just imagine what this walk has been like. But somehow the Lord kept me in that I have maintained 
an open dialogue with him. Mm. So there was all, I have wanted to hear him so badly and said to him, make your will known to me. Show me what you want from me. Holy Spirit, speak to me, speak to me through your words. I think that he has just been, you know, it says in Hebrews that we've been, that he saves us to the uttermost. He just keeps saving me. Even this morning in my prayer time, I, please don't get the wrong idea, Heather. I don't hate myself. Right. I, I certainly come from a background of self-loathing, but I don't hate myself. I just recognize that I cannot save myself hmm. and I have one savior and yeah. just, you know, so many decades of just, I trust him even when I have not a clue what he's doing in that moment or in that season, I just, I just trust him. Mm. This is a conversation. I don't know if it's for this time or another time, but Heather T, (laughs) I tell you, I've spent, I have spent my whole life trying to figure out whether or not I could just trust my gut. Mm. And I look back now and realize that there were times that I talked myself out of trusting my Mm. gut and my gut was telling me the right thing from the Holy Spirit. And so that's what I'm trying to discern, you know, Lord, is this you? Is this your leadership? And I give you full permission, manipulate every single part of my life because you are the only safety that I've got. Truly, truly. And you've learned that through experience. You don't even realize, because I'm sure you didn't listen to last week's episode maybe yet with Christine Kane, but a lot of the things you're saying, (laughs) she literally says, how do I trust God when I can't trace him? And I've only learned that through the years of walking that I can, and you're repeating it. And so I just want the person listening, those who have walked with the Lord, it's really through the experiences as we go Mm -hmm. through it, that we learn to navigate it hopefully a little bit better for the next time. Oh, uh, go ahead. 100%. And I want to say something to somebody because to me, this is so important. Listen, the Lord could have made us the moment we were born again in him, he could have made us mature and and perfected us right then. He truly, he truly could have. I mean, we could just have been, but I will maintain over and over again that the Lord enjoys watching us grow. Mm. Just like a parent would, a, a, a human parent would, their own child. I didn't want my children to be born as college <laughs> students. Right. I, I wanted them to toddle to me And I wanted to have my hands out to them. And I wanted them to do that kind of walk that they do. And when they started to tumble, I wanted to pick them up. I wanted to celebrate. You took your first step. So I want to say to somebody, you may be tempted to be so ashamed of yourself that you are not further along Mm. than you are right now. But you know what? You keep your knees to the ground and your face toward the throne. And and I'm going to tell you, the Lord is enjoying watching you grow. Mm. So I just don't be ashamed that you didn't mature overnight. So what you're hearing from Christine, if you were talking, I think about um, Ray and Jenny Ortland, every, every one of these would have put decades into it where they could just say, listen, the Lord's going to be faithful yes. to you. If you will give him half a wit of your focus, the Lord's going to be faithful to you. You know what I also love, by the way, about your answer that I asked you earlier is essentially what you said is, when I asked, how do you tune your ear to him? Essentially what you've said was, I asked 
It's not super complicated, is it? Like, how do no. we just keep asking, even when it feels like, okay, I don't know if anything's happening, and trust that we are growing, that something's happening throughout this. Yeah. Okay, okay, so this oh, next yeah. question I want to ask you really goes to that of you tuning your ear. So one of the first things I ever saw from you was you telling this story. I think it was at like a Living Proof event. You were telling this story about being in the airport. And I, this story is quintessential Beth, right? It shows you moving oh, on the spirit, you trusting that God is, this is going to look really weird. It's going to be creepy, but I'm going to do it anyway. So you tell the story about being in an airport and there's this elderly man with extremely long matted hair that gets placed mm-hmm. beside you in a wheelchair at the airport and you get yes. overwhelmed with this sense by the spirit. Yes. And you say that you just know God is asking you to do something for this man. Can you tell us yes. that story? And what did God say to you? Yes. Oh, and I wish I could tell you exactly how many years it has been since then. And I one really fun thing is I heard from one of his relatives. No. After that. Yes, I did. That she said, I just want you. She had never put it together. I, I can't remember now how she heard about it, but she said he told me nearly the identical story. Wow. And so it was so funny. It was years later. Years later. That just happened, I think, even in the last five years. Wow. But okay. So many, many, many years ago. What what sort of makes this funny is that I was sitting Indian style in, in a chair at the airport and I had my Bible open in my lap and I was memorizing John chapter one. And what I love thinking of that is because it was like, Lord, don't bother me. I'm memorizing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm busy here. With in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God, and I, you know I'm, I'm busy here with um and the grace and truth came through Jesus. Yeah, um, you know that whole isn't this us? We're gonna miss our serving opportunity because we are busy memorizing scriptures. Yes. And so I see, so I see the man. There are a couple of seats here, and they're pushing him to the end, of course, because he's not sitting in in one of the seats. He's still in his wheelchair, and so I can see him out my peripheral vision. And I, I thought, oh, it looks so strange. And, and so I finally glanced a little more at him. And the, the, the best way I would know how to describe it, if you thought about, you know, when somebody talks about what Howard Hughes was like to where the, and where his fingernails were longer, mm. his hair was, was long and matted, uh, clean. He was clean, cleanly dressed, neatly dressed. But I mean, he looked like a skeleton Hmm. under his slacks, a skeleton. You could tell that he had really been sick. And so I, I just, this, the Holy Spirit was just prompting my heart, prompting my heart. And I thought, oh no, Oh no, he wants me to witness. Because isn't that the first thing we think is if the Holy Spirit's leaning on us, somebody has just been uh, wheeled up beside us or someone's across from us where our hearts are just pulled toward them. Oh, well, we're supposed to witness. I said, oh Lord, please, please. Because it's like, no baby, no baby, no baby. So I say to the Lord, if you just, you know, so I'm doing this in my mind, you know, because I'm talking to the Lord in my imagination. And I say to him, put me on the same airplane. And if you just put me beside him, a quiet corner, corner, Lord, because Heather, everybody's staring at him. I'm not the, the one way I knew something seemed odd is because I'm looking straight across at other people who can't take their eyes off of him. So I'm thinking, oh, oh, my soul, oh, my soul. So I go, Lord, please. And I sit, now, there's, 
This story has gotten me in so much trouble. And one reason why I have to laugh (laughs) over it is because of my naivety in telling it. I thought you could say this kind of thing. I was sort of raised to say this kind of thing. I thought everybody understood. I wasn't hearing him out loud. Oh, right. This was a prompting in my spirit. So I was raised by people going, and then the Lord said, but they didn't mean out loud. And they certainly didn't equate it with the scriptures. They just meant the prompting, you know, you, you naturally try to put language with an impression. I am telling you as clear as day, the words come to my heart. Oh, I mean, even the attitude, I even felt the attitude of it. And I'm sorry, because this is going to infuriate someone else, because there are so (laughs) many people that don't believe this happens. But it was like, oh, you know, I I don't want you to witness to this man. (laughs) I even got a pause so that I could go, thank God. (laughs) Thank God. And it was like, oh, I want you to brush his hair. And hmm. Heather, why would that have ever occurred to me? Yes. I just say to somebody, when they're trying to reason this out, no, what would ever make me want to get up and go over to this man? And so I am flabbergasted. So I go over and I am so an- annoyed because I... I'm about to ask him to do something I don't even have the equipment to do. In that, I don't have a hairbrush. So I go over to him. I say to him, I I lean over like this, and I say to him, Sir, may I have the honor of brushing your hair? I mean, oh, I'm a total idiot. A total idiot. And he says, he looks at me like this. He says, what? And I said it again, and I lean in because I'm trying to say it quietly. Well, he's, you know, older than Abraham. He cannot hear what I'm saying. He says, little lady, if you want to talk to me, you're going to have to speak up. And so now I'm just like full volume. Sir, may I have the honor of brushing your hair? And so, I mean, every eye, whoa, I mean, I can feel my face is crimson. It is crimson. And he looks at me so strange. And he doesn't know what to say. And I don't blame him. And he says, right. you know, he says, I, I, yes, yes, I, I guess so. And I said, well, I have one problem. Mm. I don't have a hairbrush. Oh, it was just insane. And so I go behind, now I'm about to cry. I go behind, he said, I have mm. one in my bag. So he's got a little duffel bag that is attached to his wheelchair behind him. I go back behind him. I'm now all the way down on the floor and I am opening. I am holding his undershirts, Heather, and I am overwhelmed. At that point, Mm. I lost all sense of embarrassment. There was nobody, Mm. nobody in that room but me and that old man. And I, I found his hairbrushes. Oh, you can picture it. It Well, you are too young to picture it. I can picture it <laughs> all the way back, you know, at a grocery store, the kind of bristle brush this would have been. I mean, from decades ago. And I start, you know, because you're a mother of a daughter, Heather, how many times have we combed mm-hmm. the knots out of our children's hair? So I mm-hmm. did it just like a mother would do it. I started at the very bottom. I mean, just the very mm-hmm. bottom and cut and started combing it out and then went all the way uh, to his scalp. And of course, you know, when I came back around and bent down, um, it, I knelt down at his feet, and put my hands on his hands and he held my hands back. And that's when he told me that uh, he knew the Lord. And it was, so it was like, why would mm-hmm. I ask you to witness somebody 
that already knows me. So um, it was precious. But that story got me into so much trouble because it was like, oh, I, <laughs> I didn't know that wasn't normal. This episode is brought to you in part by World Relief, an organization that partners with the local church to serve the most vulnerable. Around the world, increased conflict, the lingering effects of COVID-19, and disasters caused by our changing climate have left millions of people in desperate situations. Many are fleeing their homes and are facing starvation, persecution, and more. These overwhelming challenges cause many of us to wonder, can I make a difference? The answer is simple. Yes, you can. When you join The Path, World Relief's monthly giving community, you partner with World Relief in bringing hope and transformation to the millions experiencing vulnerability around the world. And when you partner with your monthly gift by September 30th, your first year of monthly gifts will be matched dollar for dollar up to $25,000. Double the impact of your giving and visit worldrelief.org slash viraljesus today. What I love about that story is I recognize it. Yes. I have had those similar type moments. And this is why I'm super passionate with my students about talking to them about what the voice of God sounds yes. like. I don't think we do a good job mentoring people to recognize either. that I really think God speaks all the time and we assume it's our own thoughts. Yes. This would make me look weird. I'm not going to do it. And we miss the opportunities. It's going to make me cry to have God confirm in our lives that we are like a part of this amazing cosmic yes, experience. That we're co-workers with, with the Lord. Yes. He says it, Paul says it in First Thessalonians. We co-working with the Lord. I mean, it's just, it's it's ridiculous. It's so wonderful. And I think it's it's a reason why, and I, I know that this is the way that you approach it when you're able to be this bold about it, but one reason we want to study the word is so that we mm -hmm. will know what is consistent with the word so that when something is completely inconsistent, okay, that's, that's not the Lord. That's not the Lord. Mm. What I look for is if I have a strong, if mm. I'm walking in the spirit to the degree that I know how, and by that, I mean that for lack of better words to say it, that my relationship is, is in the moment that it's not been three months since the last time I prayed, made confession to him, worshiped him, that you, we have a pretty daily thing going and I'm trying to walk in the spirit. Then when my heart is strongly compelled, the conviction of the spirit, if, if I'm getting this strong compelling to a certain action of service, I ask myself mm -hmm. this, number one, was it vaguely on my mind? No. Yep. So, okay, it's yep. coming totally out of left field. Is it consistent with the ministry of Christ? Is it something, does this like, that would be just like him? That the way his mm. heart would be tender toward people that might be embarrassed, shamed, broken, feel left out, feel no place of belonging. Um, they're without sight, without health. They're hated, marginalized, whatever. But when God leans us that direction, here's how, here's what I want to say to you about it, Heather. Then if I'm wrong, 
Yes. To the degree that I was trying to serve someone, Jesus, I'll let me err on that side. Yes. Your book, you have a new memoir, All My Knotted Up Life. I am halfway through it. And I read, honestly, that first half I read in like a day. I could not put it. You are so funny. So, 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 so funny in this book. Tell us about the title. Where'd you come up with the title, All My Knotted Up Life? And it's, by the way, I want everyone to know, because Beth won't say this about herself. It is like just crushing the Amazon charts right now. You are, I think at last I looked, it was like number four. I mean, you hanging out there with the Royals, it d- with Harry. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, what is going on? Oh, yes, Lord. Listen. People are so, if you ask me one reason I stay on Twitter is because some of the funniest people in the world are on Twitter. uh, So one person said to my daughter, she said, all I can think of is the spare because it's, you know, Prince Harry, the spare and the hair, the spare and the hair, the spare there. Anyway, so absolutely, (laughs) absolutely ridiculous. But just a few minutes ago, before I got on here with you, Heather, I was texting back and forth with Melissa and, and we were talking about something that in this whole mix of things going on, I have had a tremendous loss, a a very, very close death in my family. I lost my brother 20, exactly 23 days ago today. And and again, I'm going to try to pass uh, through that without crying. But these crazy things happening, and more than I can say, because I don't have time for it, just with my extended family, these wonderful things, these terrible things. And I, mm-hmm. I said, just another chapter in my knotted up life. That is mm-hmm. the way it's been. Mm-hmm. And it's not just that he turned my morning into dancing. Sometimes you are dancing in your morning. You're like, you're like, morning. Wow. No, I'm holding both of those very sacred things, this gratitude and this grief. They're all mixed up in there together. My stomach Mm. was so undone last week. And I was telling a friend of mine, I can't tell. I don't know if my stomach knows what's causing all of this upset. (laughs) Because I said, Mm. I don't know if it is excitement or if it is grief. Or if it just, mm. the two came together and just crashed like thunder. I, I don't know. But that's been the story of my life is just trying to figure out. I say early in the book, and I'm just so tenderhearted right now to my siblings because of our loss and because mm-hmm. of the book and the blessing that I got from them. It's a big deal when you tell these kinds of things on your family. Mm-hmm. And we let a cat out of a bag that will be a surprise to a lot of people that knew us growing up in our small mm. town. And and it was just always like that, like, Lord, who is good and who is bad? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines that you have in there. Yes. Okay. The last years, even, when I had a differing opinion than some of my peers that I, by the way, knew to my marrow, had a better history in ministry or in just life in general than I did. And I'm staring in the mirror going, are you right or wrong? 
and I can't even figure it out for mm. myself. All I know, because I can't just mm. look at that many people that feel differently and go, well, I'm somehow right in this and, and they're all wrong. I've just never gotten to live that simply. So what I have to do is go, am I mm. true to the convictions of the Holy Spirit in me and to the word as I understand it? Am I true? Is this true of me? Is what philosophers would call, is this a thickly held belief, something I believe in the dark as well as in the light, in private as well as in public? Is this to the furthest degree of my understanding? Is this my conviction? And then, yes, then hold to it with all your might, girl. Hold to it with all your might. But if you don't think I ask myself over and over again, are you on the right side of this? Are you on the right side of this? Hmm. So I just thought I'd have it all figured out. I thought when I was 20, I just couldn't wait to see what I was going to be like at 40. I was a train wreck at 40. Then I was 40. I was I just couldn't wait to see. I was gonna, I'm going to get so much better than this. No telling what I'm going to be like at 60. I get to 60 and like, what? What? I don't even know who I am anymore. I don't even know. I know one thing in this world. I know one thing, Heather T. I know Jesus is Lord. That's all I got for you. In the book. And again, I just want to say it's all my knotted up life. You absolutely talk about a book on just mentorship. Um, so much of your personal experience you share with us in this book. And I just know it will be a blessing to people. All my knotted up life. In the book, you say this is a really powerful line. If God is love, then nothing is more blasphemous than hate. Whoa. Tell me about that. How did you arrive to that? What does that look like, Beth? Right? It's one thing to say it. What does it look like in our lives? That's got to be the bottom line of all of it. That's what we've got to go back to over and over again. Because if Jesus says, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when he's asked, uh, what is the priority commandment? And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so in that same gospel, he said for us to love oh, our enemy. enemies, mm -hmm. love our enemies. So listen to this, love God, love your neighbor love your enemies. So there's literally no one, no one, the population of people <laughs> that we have gospel permission to hate. The population is exactly zero. So what we have to come back to over and over and over again, what I can't figure out what to do in a situation, how to interpret this, what I... I have to think back on is what does love look like in this situation? And sometimes I, I don't, I don't know for sure. And, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've just been on a walk mm -hmm. with in, in the woods uh, by my home and just gone, I need you to tell me, Lord, what does love look like here? What does love look like? And again, I'm going to say to you, when I do not know whether to respond this way or this way. And I choose what to the best of my understanding, my, the best of my spiritual and biblical understanding is love. Then the Lord knows my heart and I, let me err on the side of love. Let me mm. err on the side of faith. But I want to go out having loved 
big. I mean, I want to, I want to love people. You write, all come to Jesus by faith. No one comes by formula. Mm -mm. Talk to me about that. Mm. I know you would know this by now because you've had enough. Heather, of course, I want so much to interview you instead of you interviewing me. (laughs) I'm just so proud of you. And I just thank you so much. I love the way you communicate. What our our listeners may not know is that you and I are going to serve together before long. Mm -hmm. And it's such an honor for me to have you on our platform at Living Proof. And I just think so much of the way you communicate. You have been out there long enough to know that if you wanted to just figure out how to wow people, you could. I mean, if I'm just Mm. looking for applause, I could know. I've spoken so many years now and I've seen so many people speak that if we're just talking about the art of getting people to Mm. applaud for you and stand to their feet, oh, we can all do that. We can all do that. And so that we have to resist. If we're in Christ and that, I mean, a, a communicator that is, that's not serving Jesus through that that particular media, they're they're not held to that same responsibility. But for us, all glory, you know, we're wanting to glorify and point to the yes. to the Lord constantly. So so we're compelled to resist that over and over again. Resist uh, drawing that focus. Resist being the one in the spotlight. Resist, resist, resist. But this is the other thing we can get into. So this is the other side of it. This is the deeply spiritual side of it, where this can get very trippy because we can think in our minds. Oh, but this is for the Lord's sake. This is for the Lord's sake. So this is where this becomes the other Mm. matter is that we are going to think now God really fell in this situation. I mean, he fell upon that meeting or that gathering and I had done the following things. Maybe I'd fasted through the day. Uh, Maybe I had, oh, it could be anything. It could be anything. Maybe I needed to settle something with someone before I spoke. But to look for the way we could find a formula. What was it I prayed right Mm -hmm. before that happened? What we would just do anything. Okay. At first it's like, I'll do the following two things every time I speak, because I think, I really think God's blessing that. Well, then after a while, it's like, well, I did those two things and I didn't sense a big move of the spirit. There must be a third thing. Listen, after a while, you got yourself 10 things, 10 things. And all you're doing Uh is trying to manipulate God to work when, when what he wants from us is the humility on our faces going, listen, I got nothing that can bring you here. Lord, this is on you. This is on Mm -hmm. you. And I have to trust the one thing we have, I think about all the time, the thing that I can help is that he has promised that his word will not return empty. So I think to myself, even when I walk off that platform and think that was terrible, that was Beth, that was terrible. I have rearranged my rearview mirror in my car before and put it straight toward my eyes and looked in that mirror and gone. And you call yourself a teacher. <laughs> I mean, you know, just merciless, just merciless on yourself. Yes. But if I think to myself, were we in the scriptures? Elizabeth, did yes. you read them the scriptures? And then I think, okay, okay. But I still love it when the Holy Spirit so falls that it's effortless, that it's like, you know what, Beth, just stand over there and let me do what I've come to do. I don't even need mm-hmm. you. Beautiful thing. 
my first phone call that I ever got from my own mentor, the first thing he said to me, literally, when I answered the phone was, before God takes you somewhere, he will bring you someone to help you on that journey. And that's why I'm here. And so I want to ask you, was that true for you? Did God, and actually, I I know the answer because I read the book. In the book, you talk Mm -hmm. about this woman named Marge. Now, maybe somebody else is going to come that I haven't finished yet. Was that true for you that God sent you somebody? And then let me also ask you this. What do we do for the person listening who's like, but God hasn't sent me someone? How do they find someone? How do they go about finding a mentor? The wonderful thing about the world we're living in now, and there's so many unfortunate things about it, but one thing that we have now, so rewind back to when I was a really young woman in my early 20s, everything did have to be face-to-face. There was no other way to do it. There was no Zoom. There was no FaceTime. There was no, we didn't have discipleship materials like we do now. So it's a strange thing because these days your mentor, some of your primary mentors may be some people that you never even meet face-to-face. Right. Now, to me, that right. doesn't replace those that we do. Yes. And that we have to be connected into a community of faith. We really do. I believe so too. I I, I really, I just don't think we can replace that. It might be really small. It might be really large, but we do have to have where we have access to those people. But yes, I had three people and I'll not explain all of them, but I do talk about that. It was like I was in the middle of a triangle of three people that brought very different things into my life. My love Mm. for evangelism, my love for women's ministry, my love for the scriptures. These came from three primary mentors in my life. And what I just love, Heather, is that the way the Lord does it, we never become anyone's spitting image. Like, Hmm. I will still remember when my mentor, Marge Cole, the one you're talking about, the one that raised me, truly raised me up in women's ministry and taught me how to be Mm -hmm. a, a woman. Christian communicator and how to minister to women. Mm -hmm. She never moved away from a podium. Never. She always wore a dress, of course. Um, And she stood right. She was very proper and stood right at the microphone and she held her volume. She never acted crazy like I do. (laughs) <laughs> and but I remember Heather because as long as she lived, if I taught at First Baptist, she was there. She was there. So we would have evening Bibles, Tuesday night Bible study, whatever. She would be there. And every now and then I'd look over at her and she'd be like, and I could tell she was thinking I created a monster. I knew I knew she was thinking that. Spent my clothes and everything. Oh my gosh. But isn't it a beautiful thing that we're not anybody because the Lord has used, think of it this way. Yeah. If you're thinking about a cup, he's used, you know, a tablespoon of one person, maybe a whole quarter cup of somebody else that really poured into your life. And then a little bit of this person and a little bit of that person yeah. that you grew from. And, and that when all is said and done, that it mixes with your own DNA, your own skill set, your own experiences and what you have on your hands is somebody that's got uniqueness. And I just love that. But I do want to say this. I do want to say to people that have not had someone pour into their lives. I say this with great compassion. I understand what's involved in this, but pour into someone else's and do supply what was lacking, supply what was lacking. Mm. One reason I wrote my very first Bible study was because I didn't know what to do after I had gone through experiencing God. I, that Bible study, 
And this was before we had any mm. women's curriculum out there. And it's just like, I needed something so badly. And so it was one reason, mm. you know, if, if you're looking for it and you can't find it, I don't know, is it you? He's asking to be open mm. to investing in it. Wow. I don't know the answer yet to find that out from Jesus, but we don't have to be perfect, you know. Beth Moore has written numerous best-selling books and Bible studies. Her memoir, All My Knotted Up Life, is out right now. You can pause this episode right now and buy it and then join us back in this conversation. Beth, my tagline for this season of Viral Jesus is to encourage people to enter the chat in a time where you yes. know there is so much negativity around social media yes. at Viral Jesus. We also want to encourage people to take ownership of how they are communicating their faith, either yes, online yes. or offline. I want to ask you, how do you choose to be a redemptive voice in the online space? Probably from failure, hmm. from having done it wrong and thinking how toxic it is getting hmm. and how wound up my insides would get into it. I definitely have changed the way. It doesn't matter what it was about, but I have been so tempted to say something sassy in the last 24 hours online because, it, I mean, honestly, the devil has put a temptation in front of me that this is like something I would so want to be a smart aleck about. Oh, so bad. And I've been resist, resist, <laughs> don't do it, don't do it. And I'm not saying that there aren't times. Yes. Of course there are. But what I'm learning is that it has gotten so poisonous mm -hmm. out there that it's not good for my soul and it's not good for other people's. We have to be more redemptive than this. And I, there are times to talk it straight and to call it out, mm -hmm. but that can't be. Yes. I can tell you, Heather, even when I agree with someone, if they're always mad, I have to mute them. Mm -hmm. I realized over the last couple of years, it's too erosive. I can't, I love you, but I can't listen to you if you are mad all the time. Mm -hmm. Even if I agree with yeah. you, maybe I'm too old, but I, I can't hang. I can't hang. So I'm trying, I'm an offender here. So I'm trying to be better about it. Beth Moore has written numerous best-selling books. Her latest, friends, all my knotted up life. It is so good. I highly recommend it. Beth, thank you so much for joining us. So what can we learn from our conversation with Beth Moore? Number one, if you want to hear from God, just ask. If you want to grow with God, just ask ask. Stay committed. Stay on your knees. He will be faithful to you because you are his. Number two, we read scriptures so that we can discern whether what we feel the voice of God may be prompting us to do is accurate. Does this sound like something the Jesus I have met in scripture would do or would ask me to do? A lot of times we miss opportunities to move with God because we ignore the voice of God in our own hearts. Sometimes God asks us to share the gospel. But friend, Beth Moore is one of the biggest Bible teachers in the world. And do you know what God asked her to do? He asked her to brush 
a stranger's hair. Number three, just because you don't have a mentor doesn't mean you can't be a mentor. Serve where you weren't. I got to tell you, one of the reasons I became a professor is because I never had a teacher really see me or invest in me. Not until my, my last semester of my senior year of college, I had a professor named Debbie Michelle. She was a journalist and I can still remember how it felt to have her say, Heather, there's something here. I think you're supposed to really work in this field of communication. Man, I want to give that to my students. I want to give them what for so long I didn't have. If no one has seen you, friend, I can promise you, God sees you. God sees you. Now ask yourself, if God may be calling you to serve where you weren't, go see someone else. Viral Jesus was brought to you by Christianity Today. I've been your host and creator, Heather Thompson Day, producer and audio engineer, Lauren Joseph, and executive producer, Ed Gilbreth. Please review and recommend us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Next week, I'm going to sit down, just you and I, and share what I have learned throughout these conversations the past four weeks. My brain has been firing and my heart has been stirred and I can't wait to just check in with you and try to put to words how I feel like I've been changed throughout these conversations. I'll see you next week for another conversation where we both learn together. I love growing with you on Viral Jesus. Every day, CT testifies to the reality that Jesus is alive, transforming his world and bringing his kingdom to bear. Jesus transforms, CT equips. Make a gift to our nonprofit ministry with a gift of $20 to provide 150 more people with redemptive storytelling, global perspective, and thoughtful podcasts. Give now at morect.com equip.